Welcome back to the Coyote, uh, Chirp and Yodis podcast. I've done that again. Uh, it is Memorial Day or Veterans Day. I am all kinds of goofed up. I forgot my little piece of paper I have the intro written on. Uh, so thank you, veterans, for all that you've done. My dad included several of my fan members. I'm sure your voice is fan members as well. Just want to give a quick thank you to all of them. Before we get into it, uh, the episode will release shortly after this. Uh, boys, how are we doing? Doing well. What about you guys? Doing pretty good. Just uh, relishing our first win. <laughs> right up before that painful Minnesota game. But Scott Wedgwood is an Arizona legend. That he is, man. Put him in the rafters. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, man. Um, you know, just life things going on a little bit, uh, but it feels good to be back talking hockey with you boys. Missed you guys a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, excited to drop uh, into this one. Um, I'm going to have to cut mine short since I'm on my lunch break right now, but uh, let's get right into it, guys. What, what you got for us, Tyler? That's the dedication of the Chirp and Yodis podcast. We record on lunch breaks. That's how much we love doing this content for you guys. Uh, actually, so to start it off, I'd like to talk about the rebrand video that came out uh, yesterday, day before, at uh, the time of this recording. Uh, I just want to say that I liked it. I'm, I'm glad that we're deciding to embrace our outsider kind of thing. I, I, we said in this podcast, I think I said it a couple months ago, and we'll, we'll all said it, that we were kind of this... Should I say a redheaded stepchild of the NHL with a kind of weird team that, you know, Vegas took the desert hockey moniker kind of, and even though we were kind of here first and all this, but I'm glad that we're embracing Arizona. We're embracing that. Yeah, we're a little different and we're out there. And I like when teams do that and it's very, I think it's effective. I think this is definitely probably the best of the recent strategy we've had besides like how yeah, was pretty cool. Um, and the other one we had scratching and clawing, but this is, by far my favorite so far. So and definitely better than not your dad's original six. That was painful. Absolutely painful. Um, but what do you uh what do you boys think? Honestly, I love it. As you as you all know, I embrace very strongly the hockey is for everyone. I think it's, it can only grow the game. And that was definitely the message we were preaching in that video. Hockey is for everyone, including us desert dwelling denizens. Um I absolutely loved it. And it's funny that once again, Chirp and Yotes predicted something that came true. Uh, what about you boys? Yeah, I'm on the same boat as you guys. Um, I loved the video. Um, obviously, you know, grabbing the, the rebrand and going full throttle forward. Uh, it's exactly what we've needed. And like Grandy alluded to, it is, you know, something that we kind of predicted was going to happen uh, a while ago. Uh, so it's kind of cool to see it come to fruition. And then um, in a time right now where there's a lot of divisiveness, um, regardless of what's going on, um, I'd really like to see this uh, Hockey is for Everyone message pounded home. Um, and I hope they keep beating this drum. Because um, like you said, it, it's only going to grow the game, um, grow the support for our fan base. Um, and you know, all that good stuff for all these young fans and, you know, even older folks that are maybe just now starting to get introduced to hockey at this point, um, kind of getting away or trying to get away from that, uh, you know, old boys club that, uh, has been pr quite prevalent in it. Still lots and lots to do, obviously. Um, but, uh, I, I really like this and I think it's a step in the right direction personally. How about you, Haynes? Yeah. You know, Chase, I agree with you there. I think, 
you know, I what I really liked about this video the Coyotes did, and it's something that they kind of embraced here, was the, kind of the outsider role. It's something that, you know, so many people outside of Arizona that aren't Coyotes fans have always seen this team as, as outsiders. And for the Coyotes to kind of really embrace that role here in this promo video and kind of run with them was such a clever, thought-out idea by the team. And, you know, I really liked it. I thought it was really well done. And, you know, it's just I'm glad that they're able to not really make a lightheartedness about but able to take it and really fully embrace it and say, hey, we, we're the outsiders. We don't care if what you think kind of thing. So I really liked the way they went with it, and it looked really good. Definitely. I, I like that, like you said, being the outsider. I, I love that we're – just embracing that and like chase, you know, the old boys club that we're not, we're not a traditional hockey market. We never will be. I'm glad that we just not stop pretending, but you know what I'm trying to say? I'm just very happy with it overall. I'm glad. I, I think when that firm was hired, I think we we're all kind of, like, what are they going to do? And I think they did a really bang up job so far. So uh, props to them for that. Also, I don't know if you guys know, but Howler hangs out at the uh, Phoenix zoo and the coyotes exhibit. I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but a little cut out of him and it has like coyote facts. And that was pretty, pretty awesome. But to go into another kind of zoo animal with a really cringe uh, transition there, Ghost Bear. Uh, Granny, I think you had something to say about me and Ghost Bear on that one. I'll let you go ahead and get your roast in, buddy. Yeah, so I did want to thank you for picking him to be the player that was going to have the roughest start to the season because you really reverse jinxed him there. <laughs> and I said I would. See, I, you know, I'm just one service <laughs> I provide for our Trippinotes audience. You guys are welcome. I'm here all week. So. But he's had an absolutely incredible start to the season. We have had, what, 23 goals, I think is the stat after last night. And he has 11 points. So he's assisted or scored almost half of our goals. That is a ridiculous rate of offense. And it's something akin to what Connor McDavid puts up for his team's total offense. Obviously, it's unsustainable. I hope, because if we keep that rate, we're not going to look very good. But he's been absolutely incredible. And that brings us to another point that was brought up in our group chat last night. Do you trade him if, or do you trade him if he's on this high? And my personal feelings on a trade for him is if you can get a first for him, I'd say swing the trade. Otherwise, unless he's not going to resign here, I would try to keep him here at all costs. Um, he, you need veteran players still, even in a rebuild. You need guys that want to be here, and you need good players, irregardless of what your team status is. We don't want to look like how we look these first 13 games forever. We want to get better. We want to climb out of this and good players help with that. And once we start getting better players to surround him with right now, ghost despair's defensive liabilities are magnified because our best defensive defensemen our two best defensive defensemen this year might be Labushkin and Dyson Mayo. And that's a scary thought. So once we get some better defensive defensemen to pair with him, that should help him find his game even more. But if he's going to have this kind of resurgence, in my opinion, this is the kind of guy that you should look at keeping on your team rather than um, 
rather than try to get another second round pick for him. I know we traded Garland, and you could say the same thing about Garland, but we traded these guys when we were at a time where we had no picks. We had no futures. We had to get those pieces. We have those pieces now. We don't need to trade Ghost Despair. If somebody, like I said, if somebody comes up with an overpay, take it. Otherwise, I would only trade him if he tells us he will not resign here. But uh, what are your boys' thoughts on it? Yeah, I kind of echo your sentiment there, Grandy. Um, Obviously, he's been a a pleasant surprise. uh, And (laughs) um, I'll I'll save my pain for a later subject down here after a minute. But um, it's been pretty bleak, obviously. Uh, But, you know, um, it's, it's been a pleasant surprise. Um, I think we all knew that that skill level and, and stuff like point production and stuff was has been there in the past, obviously. Uh, we've, we've seen it happen. Um, and then he kind of got hit with the injury bug and, you know, has, has suffered because of that, it looks like. Um, but, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I thought that he was <laughs> going to be this involved in, in our point production and, and stuff like that. Um, but I, I, I do like to see it. Um, and, you know, Unless the overpay is there, uh, he is definitely a player that I would like to see stick around. Obviously, GMBA will need to, you know, have that conversation with him, see where he's at. Um, I know, you know, you know, this losing stuff is is not fun, um, you know, for anybody involved. Us players, definitely, it's not fun for. Um, but uh, you know, he, he's definitely somebody I'd like to keep around. What about you, boys? Yeah, you know, I. I... Go ahead, Tyler. Oh, I was just going to say, honestly, yeah. I mean, he's one of my favorites to watch before he was a Coyote. And seeing him in one was really awesome. That's why I had to reverse jinx him. It was all a, it was all a plot in the long run, guys, just so you all are aware. Uh, <laughs> playing 5D chess over here, I promise. Uh, so it'd be great. I'd love to see him here as long as he wants to be here. Um, that's really all I got. I mean, love keep playing and keep playing. Go ahead, Hans. It's all yours. Yeah. You know, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, we, we talked about it yesterday on Howlers and Growlers. We kind of talked about the season that he's having. And, you know, he's really kind of turned it around was the topic we were talking about. And, you know, my thoughts about that were I don't know if I'd go and say that he's turned it around per se. But if he's continuing to produce like this, let's say by the midway point, let's say in 40 games, he's still one of the top guys in the league. And he's producing like he is right now in terms of on this team then I would say he's probably a guy, if you could keep him around, keep him around. If not, move him if you're going to move him. But I, I think he has the benefit of the doubt. And I think Christy said this, uh, Flannery said this last night on our podcast uh, or the show. She said that he's producing right now on a team where he's not being tasked with any responsibility. There's no risk or reward here. He's on a team that's not good this season. He's kind of has free range to kind of play a more – you know, play his style of game, and it's really showing, and it's, you know, it makes you think of when Dave Haskell was around the Flyers as a coach, and, you know, and, and right now he's having a great season, but, you know, I wouldn't say, go ahead and say now, has he really kind of turned it around, but if he keeps producing like he is at this point in 40 games, i definitely say that he is definitely an interesting question on whether you move him or keep him. And I hope, uh, well, actually, I fully trust the NBA. To be honest with you, uh, like I said, I've several times I've definitely drank that Kool-Aid and that new advertisement made me drink even more Kool-Aid. So I'd fully trust that he's uh, going to build the right ship that we need. So 
With that being said, uh, let's talk about that first win uh, against Seattle, the new kids on the block, new kids in town, whatever you want to call it. Um, exciting. I actually, I actually got to watch that one. I finally had a night where I was able to watch hockey for the first time in a while. Uh, first half, a little rough, but I, I love the ending. Love that Phil the Thrill scored. My favorite moment, probably. Uh, but boys, I want to gather your first and uh, thoughts about it, especially with uh, last night's very painful loss. Uh, Grandy, stay ahead, Grandy. What you got for us? Honestly, I loved it. I loved seeing Chickren get his first point. I was really hoping he would get a goal, but we'll take the assist. Um, but I just, I loved the, the, the game was hard fought. The games got off to a worse start than it should have because Bamilka let in the two first shots he faced. In fact, the three first shots of the game were all goals. At one point, both teams had a hundred percent shooting percentage. That's just unreal. But as I said at the start of the podcast, the big thing for me, the big takeaway that for that game, is God Wedgwood is going down in Arizona history. He's going to be up there with the Brian Boucher and his shutout streak, with the Chris Colanos and his penalty shot goal of players that are just beloved for years despite them never really being stars and that's whenever you have a player like that that's always awesome i really hope the coyotes give him the chance to stick it around and i really hope they do right by him because ending our two longest losing streaks is something special but all the jokes about wedgwood aside <laughs> the other thing about the other thing is Kraus had a, a phenomenal game. I mean, you noticed him every time he was on the ice. Just flying, hitting, shooting, scoring two goals. So, it just, it was a well-rounded game. Our best effort of the season. Obviously, we won. But, uh, just, it was a good game. What do you boys have to say about it? Yeah, Grandy. I mean, you kind of hit the the nail on the head as far as that goes. Um, definitely uh, was not a great start to the game. Um, was kind of frustrating. It's like, oh boy, here we go again. Um, and then kind of got it going, uh, got re-involved in the game. And um, we're not going to score five goals many, many nights this year. So um, I enjoyed that. Um, obviously, Krauser getting the couple was, was huge uh, for him. He's had just the the worst puck luck as far as uh you know anybody that i've seen um lately all the way into last year with all the posts and everything like that so it's always good to see that um i don't think any of us thought chicken was gonna wait until the seattle game to pick up a point um definitely threw me off there at the beginning of the year but uh you know glad to see him get on the board um and obviously you know like you alluded to wedgwood um came in um kind of settled everything down for us on the on the back end there and uh you know allowed us to uh, go and play a game and ultimately come out with a win um we're not going to score five goals very many nights and obviously with the sample size of the season so far it doesn't look like we're going to be uh, triumphant in very many games this year, which is, you know, what we need, but it is painful, but, uh, you know, got to hold on to these victories. Um, got to hold them close to us and, uh, keep them near and dear. Cause, uh, this, these type of things probably are few and far between. 
Um, but couldn't be happier for the guys, obviously, um, you know, starting off with such a, such a streak and one point before that, uh, you know, coming in an overtime loss, um, you know, just, it, it's got to derail you in that locker room and all that good stuff. So it's, it's nice to get the boys on, on the right side of the score. Um, and, uh, you know, just, uh, keep, keep chugging away, but, uh, you know, obviously happy to see us finally get that first W out of the way. A W in Scott Wedgwood stands for win because that's, yeah, I'm glad. I'm really glad that, uh, he's able to make that. And I totally got distracted. I'm sorry about that, boys. I'm like writing a million things down over here. But before we go on, uh, Chase, you want to go ahead and grant us. Hey, uh, Haynes didn't get a comment on the game. Oh, that's right. He's so quiet. Sorry about that. Go ahead, Haynes. It's all yours. No, you're fine. I just wanted to throw in some quick stuff there. I'm going to play, not downer here, but I'm going to play a little bit of a downer here for a second. And it's the issue that we've all seen. We saw it in Minnesota. We saw it in Anaheim. We saw it in Seattle. We've seen it in a lot of games this year. The Coyotes have a tendency to let up goals very early in games, not come out with a hot start, fall behind, and ultimately lose hockey games. Anaheim was an example. Seattle, almost an example. Granted, we came back and won. Great, great game. Great goal uh, play from Kraus. All the boys were connecting. The fourth line went going. Honestly, Veggie, not the best game, but Scott Wedgwood came in, slump buster twice in a row. That's same for him. We made a joke on the Howlers and Growlers episode last night. Everybody check it out. We are having a parade in his honor. He played insanely well, and I can't wait to see him playing again up coming soon, most likely against Chicago. But, um, Yes, that, that's about it. You know, the team really needs to find a way to get off to a hot start in games because they can't play catch-up behind everybody and expect to win. Seattle was a different case, honestly. But nevertheless, it was good to get a first win. I'm happy for those guys. You saw the excitement in Krause after scoring there. So let's just hope that they can figure out what they did right there and hopefully can, can steal a couple more games. But not too many because we are still in tank season. So Chase, are you ready for your pain index? Yes, yes, sir. I guess I am. So honestly, my pain index um, currently is I kind of would compare it to, um, you know, those Taco Bell sauce packets when you open them up and start to squeeze it. And like if the hole's not big enough, it kind of explodes. I feel like I got some fuck or uh, sorry, I almost said the F word, but I feel like I got some taco sauce stuck <laughs> in my eye. It's been painful as hell to watch. Um, we are almost a sixth of the way through the season at this point, and we have three points. Um, we all knew that um, you know we weren't going to be a great club this year. Um, I don't think I expected it to be this bad, um, but it, it's been painful for me, man. Um, you know, I, I like to watch every minute of every game and just kind of for an example last night, I mean, granted it was a late puck drop and everything like that. Um, but I usually stay up until the final horns over all that good stuff. I fell asleep in the second period, man. It, it just, it's so painful, um, just to watch, but obviously on the other side of things, we do need this stuff to happen. You would just kind of like to see... I don't know, a little bit better play, um, you know, to kind of hang hang your hopes on and everything like that. Um, still looking for some guys to step up and, and show me some stuff here. But, uh, I mean, 
we, we've said it, boys. This is not a good hockey team right now. Um, it's not supposed to be a good hockey team, and it is definitely painful to watch, but we are definitely here for it. Just to confirm, we are taco sauce, packet, and eyes, pain level index on the scale of pain. That's, that's a yeah, good one. I like it's that. Good. It's good. That's very good. Very good. All right. So uh, I think, Grandy, you said you want to talk about something like this. Uh, you said we wanted to do like a where are they now kind of tip. You see in those uh, old reality shows, uh, those players we traded, where are they at now and how are they doing? Well, I brought this up because every I, I see people looking at this team and wondering, well, why did we make these trades when we are this bad? Why didn't we keep these players? And I wanted to point out that even if we had these players, we still wouldn't be a very good team by looking at the results of the other teams that they got traded to. Connor Garland and OEL are off to fantastic starts in Vancouver. Garland's almost a point-per-game player, and OEL even though he had only has two points on the season, has the best defensive numbers of his career. Um, he's been absolutely fantastic up there, which is great for both of them. You love seeing that. We That's one thing we talked about. We wanted to see these guys succeed. What has it brought Vancouver? Where are they in the standings? They're a mediocre team that isn't going to get a good pick isn't going to make the playoffs and is going to be kind of stuck in this middle ground. So then let's go to Dvorak in Montreal. Dvorak has the second worst plus minus in the league, but ahead of only Chikrin. It's, he's not had a great start to the season. He has, I think it's one goal and three total points. It's again, he's not had a great start to the season. You put those guys on and we're battling for third, fourth worst team in the league instead of best. We might be a little bit better offensively, but not enough. So to the point where, we're making noise. Not enough to the point where I'd say we're even mediocre. And then you have Darcy Kemper, who has had a really rough start. Even with two straight bad games, Carol Vamelka still has better numbers on the year than Darcy Kemper. So you throw Darcy Kemper behind this defense, and that's scary. Now, Darcy Kemper is starting to round it into form even if the Avalanche aren't the world beaters we all thought they would be at the start of the year, mainly due to injury. But my point with this is more the fact that if we put all these guys we traded away on this team, we improve by maybe two, three wins on the season so far. That's about it. These guys weren't the people that were going to save us. It was time to move on, and part of moving on means stripping it down and building a new core. That new core is going to feature Gunther, and that new core is going to feature our 22 draft pick, our 23 draft pick, 
it's not going to feature, it's going to feature Josh Doan. It's not, it's for the best and short-term pain for long-term gain. So we hope anyway. So we hope. But Uh, I said, keeping these guys, all it would have done is delayed the inevitable. This was coming one way or the other. But keeping those guys, it would have just, at the very best, we'd be, well, where Vancouver is. So, anyways, you guys have anything you want to say to that? Let's get a uh, chase. You want to go ahead? I know you're getting ready to jet here on your lunch break. You want to go ahead and uh, give your thoughts? Oh yeah. Um, honestly, um, you know, I, I see all all this, uh, all these questions and everything like that, just like everybody does. Um, I think the one that hurt hurt me the most is obviously I, I've said this in the past is Garland. Uh, he was always one of my favorite players, but um, and then. I mean, the, the comments that were said on his exit and everything like that, uh, you know, wanting to be here, wanting to see this through, yada, yada, yada. Um, just kind of increase that. Um, but does he put up the numbers here that he has currently in Vancouver? Like Grandy said, no, it, 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 I don't think it happens. Um, he's kind of one of those cases where he's always working hard and, um, you know, being a pest and everything like that. So it, it shows up, right? Like, I mean, you, you can see his effort, energy level and all that stuff. And, um, but I mean, honestly, uh, he, he's probably where he needs to be. Um, and, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm right there with Grandy. Um, those moves had to be, ma- be made in order to get draft capital back and, you know, everything like that. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't think, I mean, three wins might be a little, little too much if we if we kept those guys. Um, I'm I'm thinking somewhere in the one to two win area, to be honest with you. Um, so, but uh, yeah, I mean that, that's all I've got. But uh, first and foremost, just before I head out, boys, just wanted to say thanks. Appreciate you guys working around my schedule a little bit here and getting me on my lunch break. I uh, wish I could stay and finish this thing out, but uh, real life stuff calls. So got to go handle the business. Um, fans appreciate you. Um, glad to be back and talking hockey with the boys for you guys. But, uh, as always, thank you guys for listening. Appreciate you guys. Um, and I'll leave you in the very capable hands of Tyler Grandy and Haynes to finish this thing out. Love you all. We'll catch you all in the next one. See you later, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. Oh yeah. Hey man. So now Haynes. Y'all, yeah. Y'all may give you, a little bit here. Um, yes, sir. Yeah. Go ahead and, uh, Finish it out. Yeah, you know, I, I don't feel like there's much to add on more from what y'all have all had to say. Y'all, I mean, y'all pretty much full-blown-on journalism-style handle this here. I mean, Grandy, first off, I mean, you hit it perfectly there. I mean, this is something that was going to happen sooner or later. The Kaiser are going to have to rebuild. And, yes, while I g- believe that, you know, guys like Dvorak, still so much promise left in them, honestly – Garland. I mean, there were so many guys in this roster we moved off that were still so young that could have been part of this team for the future. And, you know, Armstrong just – he didn't see it that way. He believes that the guys he traded were great players who were great assets to our team, but he knew that if he wanted to get draft capital back, he was going to have to move these guys and really kind of build around a core of one to two guys. And right now that looks to be Chickering and Keller. Maybe Krause out in there, but Chickering and Keller are your two – guys in the roster right now that you're the guys are going to be building around. Nick Schmaltz, not so likely. 
But Chick and Keller were definitely the guys I think Armstrong saw and said, these are the two guys I want to build around as my leaders going towards the future. And, you know, and it's, it sucks these guys aren't here. I mean, like you guys said, I don't really think they've really done much. I mean, you look at Vancouver, I don't really think Garland and OEL have really revitalized Vancouver. I mean, they've been great, but I mean, I don't think it's really revitalized. And, you know, Darcy Kemper struggled this year and Aiden Hill hasn't been the best this season. And, you know, Ati Rata, unfortunately for him, out with an injury after that really bad hit from Ryan Lomberg, you know, going for the puck. And I think at the end of the day, you know, as much as I hate to see him go, this was, like you said, Granny Son, we weren't going to be able to escape. The Coyotes could have kept them, but it would have been another year of this team just, you know, kind of mediocrely keeping themselves in there until the very end, like they were last season. And, you know, it wasn't worth it. It was better off now to blow up the ship and, you know, start fresh over again. So I'm excited. You know, I miss those guys, but I'm excited to build around this new core of guys with, you know, the bits of youth that we have left. So I'm excited to see where this team go, where this team is going in. You said it exactly right. I mean, I I love all those guys. Darcy Kemper was my biggest pain. I knew we had to trade him. I got what we did. I understand. Love the guy. Uh, probably my favorite Coyote besides Phil Kessel the last couple of years and now Keller. But as Granny said earlier, short-term pain for long-term gain. I mean, if this team, because if GMBA's vision comes true, we become the team that we all dream and hope we would be, uh, the true contender. I'm talking, people are like, oh, the Coyotes, I don't want to play them because we're going to get just shellacked. That's what I want. No one wants to tank. No, I don't want to see those guys go. I don't want to see the team be traded like this for, you know, draft picks and this and that. But like I said, if it's worth it, then I drink the Kool-Aid. So I'm here for it. Um, you ready to tackle the uh, the big listener question we missed last week, boys? I think we got yeah, everything else sir. sorted out, right? Yes, sir. All righty. So from Nolan Williams at Nolan Williams AZ, he asked us a good, really good question. Sorry I missed you last week. Uh, we just totally – it was a weird week last week. Um, so we're going to go ahead and tackle your question now. Thank you for submitting it. Uh, so we have the first part. Do you think these – and you guys are definitely the best people to ask this. Do you feel these prolonged losing streaks could potentially, uh, I'll say, damper – the careers of Keller and Chikrin in, in terms of growth and ability and things like that? Honestly, and this pains me to say, and this isn't what anybody wants to hear, but yes, it could. We're already seeing it slightly with Chikrin, although, side note to that, his last two games, I thought he's been looking pretty good. He still had a few slip-ups here and there, but he's shooting the puck He's jumping up in the offensive zone. He, you're starting to see flashes of the old chicken that was missing the previous 10 games. Um, so you're starting to see him. And Keller might out the last two games. I would say Keller's been a little bit rough, and that includes a Seattle game. He wasn't really noticeable in either one of those. Didn't really do a lot, in my opinion. Um, but he also has Andrew Ladd and Barrett Hayton on his line. And Barrett Hayton's been good. He hasn't been lights out by any means. But, and Ladd is just slow. He's slow. I mean, I, I laugh because that breakaway Ladd had, yet yeah, last night he was, he got a pretty good chunk of a head start. Had the mm-hmm. defense trailing him fall down 
and that defenseman that fell down still almost caught up to him. That's just how slow Lad is. But I think the funny thing I noticed last night, it's just it can affect their development in the same way it affected OELs during 2015, 16, and so on from there. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully that doesn't come through. Like I said, Chikrin's starting to turn it around. Keller, up until lately, has probably played the best hockey of his career, stats notwithstanding. So it can, but it doesn't have to. It all depends on what Tournier does, what Keller does, and the approach that the coaching staff and these players take with it. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Grandy. You know, as much I don't want to say it either, I do think that, you know, losing repeatedly can hurt, you know, the, you know, the growth of a player. I mean, uh, and I want to reiterate it back to Ivan Prozitov. I mean, look at him. I mean, this guy has played – three games as a starter and his three starts have been in the last two years have been against the Colorado Avalanche, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And in all three games, he got no help whatsoever defensively in front of him. And in all three games, they ended very poorly for him. And, you know, I don't think it's so much as messed up as confidence and hurt it and, you know, kind of prolonged his growth. But I mean, when you're throwing a guy out like that, a young guy in that situation and against those teams, knowing that your team's not good defensively, it will definitely hurt him in the long run. And I'm glad they sent him back to the HL and let him play there, hopefully for the rest of the season with no call-ups, let him get the time he needs to grow in the HL. But I, I definitely agree. As much as it hurts to say it, you know, losing and prolong, you know, bad stats, bad numbers pile up on a guy and it can hurt their growth. And, you know, we luckily have the benefit of the doubt with Keller and or with Chick and Keller here. They both aren't, you know, young guys still. I mean, they're both young. They're both 23, but they're not rookies anymore. They've played a couple years now and all that. And, you know, they've made one playoff appearance in their three and four years they've been here together. So I don't think it necessarily hurts them in terms of their young rookies that, you know, it's going to hurt there. But it definitely can still at 23 affect their growth. But Honestly, like you said, Grandy, Chick has really been turning on recently, and Keller until the last few games has looked like a really good player this year. So, honestly, the hope is the team can get a couple more wins and string them together and, you know, not hurt these guys' confidence too much going forward. But what what about you, Ty? What do you think? Man, you guys are uh, good at this. Uh, definitely uh, put it more eloquently than I could have for sure. But, yeah, I mean, it's just – I hope the tank doesn't uh, tarnish him too much just to follow up. And you guys said it perfectly. I mean, I, uh, that was, well, good stuff, boys. Uh, but the second question is, a, do you see a Kessel trade coming up? And what do you think the return would be? Uh, I wish like, we could keep Kessel. He's one of my, my favorites. Again, just like Ghost Bear, just an all-time favorite. And to have him on the team, I, I just got to name my dog after him for crying out loud. So, um I mean, that's me probably one of my sad moments besides Darcy Kemper. But what do you what do you uh what do you guys think? Do you think we can get something out of him? And what do you think the return will be? I I'd love to take this one first real fast, just because I actually was brought this was brought up to me yesterday on the Coyote Corner on their inaugural episode of their podcast I was a guest on, and they asked me what I thought about Keller or Kessel, and you know, they were talking and they said, you know, I really like him. I hope that he stays around. I think this team could probably keep him for going forward. It's 
I, I hate to bur- I hate to burst at them, and I hate to burst anybody else, but Kessel is not going to be on this team by season's end, and I, he's definitely not a part of this team's plans going forward in the future. And the reason is for two reasons, maybe three. One, Kessel's 33 years old, and while he could play longer than five more seasons, I see maybe five or less max in terms of how many more years he probably is playing in the league. And two... Kessel doesn't want to be on this team if they're going to be rebuilding for the next five years. You're looking at a guy who wants to win a Stanley Cup again, wants to play playoff hockey again before he retires, and I just don't see him openly agreeing at 33 years old to say, hey, yeah, I I want to stay on this team. I want to play on a team that's going to be bottom dwellers for the next two or three years. And and it makes total sense. And, you know, and the Kaiser already said that he's not part of the plan going forward. And I, while I don't know if we could snag a first-round pick out of getting a return for Phil Kessel, I could see maybe a second, more likely maybe a third. But I definitely, as much as I would hate to see him go because I liked his game, especially last year, I don't see Phil Kessel part of this team by season's end. I'm, I agree 100%, Haynes. He's, he's not on this team. According to Craig Morgan, he's asked for a trade. So, I mean, that right there, end of story. He's not on this team past the trade deadline. Yep. Um, he's somewhere else. But I'm going to throw out an actual trade proposal to you boys and see what you think. Because yeah. there is a team that needs some offense, that needs some offensive spark, that can play him on their third line. and Because you don't want to play him too much. And really, his role, his best role right now is a power play specialist. You can... Uh, but the New York Islanders just traded away the guy that was on LTIR for them. And the reason that that's significant is it allows them to, when you have players on LTIR, your cap hit stays the same all throughout the year. When you aren't into the LTIR money, your cap hit actually goes down per game. It's a complicated thing. I'd recommend looking up cap friendly if you want more details on this. I had a long discussion with it in the group chat we're in where I tried my best to explain it, but to fully explain it, I would need to go on for about 10 minutes here and nobody has time or probably wants to do that. But in uh, essence, they're going to have about 10 million in cap space by the trade deadline. And they have a young player there named Kiefer Bellows who... Once was a highly touted draft pick, but looks like he's going to settle in as a bottom six player. Has some decent hands, decent enough to get some goals at least. And we'll say like a fifth for Phil Kessel, some salary retained, and maybe a seventh. Uh, That's something I could see happening. The trade along that lines, he's not on this team. And the return for him is not going to be what we expect. It's going to be about a third-round pick, which is about what I have Kiefer Bellows as a prospect or young player rated as return-wise. So, Tyler, what do you think? I just hope whatever we get is worth it, to be honest. I hope it's. I hope he does good enough to get a good trade return, uh, but I'll be sad to see him go. Honestly, like I say, he's still in my favorites on the ice um yeah sound like pretty good pulls in me though what i know of draft picks and stuff 
Haynes gave his thoughts on that. Okay, cool. So uh, the last prong of that is if we do get that first pick, do you think we continue tank season? Or is tank season going to be a one-time uh, show here? And your repeats? I don't think so. I think if we get it personally, I think uh, we don't need to tank as hard, I guess. As, well, as long as we get, yeah, the first. So, yeah, we should have Shane Wright and should be good to go, right? Professor Grandy, hopefully I'm not sounding too dumb on this one. <laughs> I hate to burst your bubble, Tyler. But... Yeah, I knew it was going to be bursted. I knew when they saw that mic unmute, I'm like, I'm about to get my bubble <laughs> shattered. <laughs> so... I still, even if we get the first overall pick, I still have us on the same timeline. I've had us this whole time. This year is going to be brutal. It's going to be excruciatingly bad because outside of Chikrin, Keller, Hayton, we have nothing to build off of on this year, which is proving exactly true. Except we've had Vemelka play well, and we've had uh, Ghost Despair play well. Um, but next season we're still going to be bad but it's not going to be an open tank anymore what next year is going to be is we're going to see a lot of our young guys up we're going to see Yannick we're going to see Hayton I bet you we see Michelli. Um, we probably see Prozvitov halfway through the season. We're going to see a lot of our young guys up and a lot of our young guys playing. And it's going to make the team a lot more exciting to watch. It's going to be a lot more fun watching, a lot more fun rooting for the team. But when you have that many young players on a team at once, what that inevitably is, is a bad team. Rookies make mistakes, and they make costly mistakes. It's part of the growth process. You need a, it's almost like you need to let them do it so they learn not to do it again. Um, so it won't be an outright tank like it is this year, but we're going to be bad enough for a top five pick again in 2023, which is just fine because the top five in 2023 it's better than the top five in this draft. In fact, there's like three guys that I've read that could go above even what Shane Wright would go in this. Who would go above Shane Wright if they were in this draft, essentially. So, another great draft. Another reason to get excited for next year. And it's going to be young players. But it's just going to be tough in the standings, tough in the record. And yeah, what's what's your thoughts, Haynes? Yeah, you know, I think you uh you said they're great there, Grandy. You know, I think as much as we don't want to think the team's gonna tank and they're and obviously they're not tanking now. They're not deliberately going out there trying to tank. But I would not be surprised if next season they try to keep on a plan of, you know, trying to be a bottom dweller just to kind of really solidify themselves for the future. But one positive next season, even if they don't get the first pick this year, if they do, they get Shane Wright. I've already lamented this on every show I've been or retiriated on every show that I've been on or podcast. If they don't get the first pick this year, it's not a bust of a draft. You have Matthew Savoy, Connor Geeky. There's a guy from Russia we talked about last night. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. But there's other guys besides Shane Wright in this top five that are just as good players that can be franchise or 
good franchise players for this team. So even if we don't get the first pick, I still think that this team, even if they get the first pick, is going to be on a mindset of we got to keep on this plan. Let's keep it up. Let's try to stop as many great players as we can for the future. But like you said real fast there, Grandy, it's going to be a team of a lot of guys from the HL next season. You're going to see a lot of guys like Liam Kurt, Ben McCartney, Jan Yannick. You're going to see Cameron Crotty. A lot of these guys are going to be a lot of main roster stays next season, which one I'm excited for because it's going to give you a chance to really see the youth of this team. That's going to be majority of these guys are going to be the franchise players that are going to be a part of the plan going forward playing next season. But just knowing that it's going to be a lot of young guys who haven't gotten their shot yet to play in the NHL is just kind of there tells you right now that it's still not going to be a great year next year for the Coyotes, but I would expect a little bit better than probably what we're seeing this year. But that's kind of my mindset of where it's going for. But uh, I agree with you there, Granny. I think you kind of said everything right there. Real quick, if we, if I may jump in again, that is one thing too. I 100% agree with you, and I'm really – tired of seeing this mindset of well if we don't get Shane right this is this year's been worthless yeah no it's not Ivan Marishchenko the guy you were talking about yeah that's the guy I'm talking about yep fantastic player great player um actually reminds me a lot of a bigger Lucas Raymond who just made the team for Detroit and Tyler can go on and on about how well he What a monster he, he is. is insane. Um, but there's just there's Brad Lambert. The guy is skilled. Hands. Um, speed. Great combination. Even if he's not putting up the points he should. You have a guy who's going to break Patrick Laine's goal scoring record for an under 18 year old in the Finnish Adult League. There's a ton of players to be excited about in this draft. And, again, 2023 is supposed to be even better. So just keep that in mind as we're going through these drafts, as we're going through this hard time. We picked bad times to rebuild in the past because if you look at the 2017 draft that Hayton was out of, there's not a lot of good that came from that draft. You have Elias Pedersen who went ahead of us. I'm sorry, not Elias Patterson. That was the year before. Well, that was the 2017 draft. I'm sorry. The 2017 draft, which is a pick where we traded for Ronta and Stepan. That's what it was. There's not a lot that came from that draft. Um, the 2018 draft, again. There's not a lot that came from the draft. I think I saw in a redraft, somebody had us taking... The kid from Philadelphia, I'm blanking on his name. But he's been good, but it's not like, yay, that's an awesome top five pick. We've been unlucky with drafts in the past. That's not the case these next two. It's not like we're missing out on Connor McDavid next year. Just get rid of this mindset that it's Shane Ryder bust. There is so much talent in this draft. And read up on some of these guys, and you will get as excited as I am talking about these guys and envisioning them in a coyote sweater for 10, 15 years to come. So I just wanted to jump in, say that. Just stop. Stop. Even if we pick third overall, even if we pick fourth overall, we're getting a stud. 
But back to you, Tyler. That's exactly what we need. Uh, Professor Granny, well said. He comes out and just goes and reassures us all. Keep it right here on the Trip and Yodis, too, because we'll probably be talking about these prospects throughout the time, especially with Professor Grandy. So we'll keep you posted about all things to be hopeful about. And uh, same, I mean, you guys definitely know prospects far better than I do. Uh, that has been obvious, especially today. I have just been off. But um, if you boys are saying, hey, look, the future's bright and we got this, you know, thing going, then I'm, like I said, I'll drink the Kool-Aid here, too. So but in- looking forward to it. One thing I do want to point out too is Gunther is having such an incredible rookie season. Spicy Dill. Or, yes, yeah, Spicy Dill is having such an incredible year down in the WHL. Josh Stone is having an incredible year in college. Both of those guys have already improved. Both of those guys, I would guarantee you, if you could redraft the draft already, they would be gone by the time we picked them. So we're all, we've already done had a great draft in what was a bad draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, that's a little bit premature. I shouldn't call it a great draft until they're actually up playing the game. Attentively. <laughs> but like I said, as of right now, their value, both of those two values are rising. JJ Moser's value is rising. We have good players from this last draft already. And I, I want to add in real fast there real quick before we hop on to the pledge, if you don't mind, Grandy. Oh, yeah. Um, so we brought this up last night on the show, and it completely amazed me. And I want people to get a mindset because Christy came on the show, didn't say anything negative about Dylan Gunther, but she was trying to figure out kind of the hype about him. She didn't really know much about him. And for people out there, they're still kind of on the fritz. You know, this kid was supposed to be a top three, top five. He fell to ninth. Some people are thinking – was he really as good as they were saying? Let me just tell you a stat fact real fast that Patrick Brown brought up last night. Now, this was when the kid played U15 hockey. But in 2017-2018, the kid played for Northern Alberta's U15 prep team. That year, he played. He had 56 goals and 47 assists for 103 points in 30 games. If that shouldn't get you exci- if that doesn't get you excited at 15 years old, 103 points in 30 games, that doesn't get you excited for the future and doesn't make you think that this kid's a real deal, then I don't know what to tell you. Because one, is there not anything negative you can say about his game? But when a kid at 15 years old is putting up numbers like that and then backs it up by doing it as he has so far in the WHL and then showed it in preseason against NHL competition. I mean, I just don't understand for the people out there that are on the fritz about I don't know how you can't be excited and about this kid coming to Arizona. Another That's real, all I want to say. Another really quick thing. We're going to keep the Gunther love going because I could talk about this kid all day long. I am so excited. I am jumping off the walls for him. Oh, another we know. Gun- we see the Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the spicy dill nickname will stick. I promise you <laughs> Kings, you came up with a great nickname, and it will stick. Crazy Jeez. That's my uh, nephew's name, too. Dill. We call him Pickle, but... But I Dill. digress. What I was trying to say is, uh, you guys were talking about Ivan Marishchenko, and he's like almost... He's a top three, top five content, considered prospect for the next year. Yeah. Corey Pronman on a podcast I was talking or listening to recently was asked... 
where would you rank Dylan Gunther in comparison to him? And he had Marashenko ahead by a hair. Like he didn't. He said it is insanely close, and Gunther could very easily be better. This is the kid that we're talking about going top three, top five in a loaded draft class, and Gunther is being compared to being just as good as him, and he slid to nine in a rougher draft class. Yeah, it's just uh, again one thing you guys were bringing up on the. Howlers and Growlers was just how incredible his preseason and rookie camp was. Mm-hmm. Something I've held, I've held as a personal thought of mine is that if we weren't looking to be bad, if we knew we, if we didn't think we were going to be as bad as we were, he would have made this team. Mm-hmm. But there was no point in having him up on this yeah, team. Exactly, we were going to be exactly. Next year, different story. If, if you're bringing a lot of guys up next year, different story. But for now, completely agree to close off this sex- segment, jump to the next. He definitely this year, despite how good he was, should not have been playing for a team this bad. Yeah, that was uh, one of our world-class rants that we like to get into. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Tyler, you want to bring us forward before we, we jump on. onto something else about him. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, actually, Grandy, this is all you here. You, we have a pledge update. Uh, I think last week we had to skip it because there wasn't any points made. But this week we have one. <laughs> Grandy, if you want to go ahead and update us. So, yeah. So, for my pledge, uh, we are up to $9 for points. Woohoo! I mean, just killing Ooh. it there. Absolutely. But for a total pledge... We are at, I wrote this down. Hold on. I'm trying to find this in my notes. Uh, I've been off all day too. I, lost, no I had this ready and then I lost it to go back to my <laughs> Dylan Gunther notes. And it's like, wait a second. That was me with the intro. I had it. And then all of a sudden I was like, where did it go? Yeah. Um, it's a no bones day. And then for the weight loss segment, I am at. Drum roll, please. On, sorry, guys. This is. No worries. No worries. Longer than I thought it would. You can add four four pounds lost. Hey, there you go. There you go. Yeah, awesome. Rah, rah. $13. And again, that is NAMI, the National Association for Mental Illness. No, no, I'm sorry. National Alliance for Mental Illness. That that will be going towards. Awesome. That's perfect. The season's just getting started, so hopefully some more points come in there. But, are you boys ready for my question of the week? Yes, sir. All right, so, on top of the jokes we made last week, and just Shane Doan appearing on PHNX, you probably know where this is going. Would you have any other number in the Raptors? Jokingly or not, you could put Louis Erickson up there if you want to. I don't see why not. He's the absolute king of Arizona. Um, what do you <laughs> want up in there? We can do Ring of Honor, or you can retire his number and put him in the Raptors. Whatever you guys see fit. Any figure. It could be a coach. It could be... Uh, player, whatever you think. Um, you guys have any? Well, uh, oh, go you go first. I, no, I don't no, want to no, steal you. Go. you go. <laughs> no, you okay. go ahead. I think I'm stealing yours, so you go ahead. Okay. I have a couple guys I can go to. Well, I want to say it. Do it. Can y'all hear me? Yep. Yeah. I, did I cut out there for a second? You yeah, must a little bit. Yeah, that was my mom trying to call me. So 
<laughs> cut that part out. But what I was going to say was, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to say it because I don't want to take it away. I think Granny thinks who I think I'm talking about, but I'm going to go with Redeem Verbata. Hopefully, I didn't steal anybody from oh, that. I think Redeem Verbata. Oh, yeah, that was mine. Did I really? <laughs> Yeah, that was my right, Let me, let me, oh, Paul, no, I'm not going to say that one because someone definitely. No, you're good. Say, you retire who you want. It's good. No, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, I, I'd say Redeem Verbata. I'd say that he did a lot in, what, three cents with Arizona? I mean, mm-hmm. shootout legend. I mean, I think he has the highest ever compl- uh, shootout percentage number in the league. I mean, dude was filthy. I mean, we saw Christian Dvorak perfect that move and do it, just switched it up a little bit. But I mean, yeah, Redeem Verbata, easy choice. I would love to see his numbers up there. I feel like he deserves it. So, that was mine. Oh, yeah, mine too. I was say wow, Chris all three of us in that one. Wow. I was going to say, uh, I thought Chris Colanos was who you were going to say because you said, I think Haynes has mine. I was like, oh, I'm not going to say well, Chris Colanos then. To me, the obvious name that isn't up there is Redeem Verbata. And yeah. I know me and mm-hmm. you click on a lot of the same stuff like this. So I figured... We were going the same. minds think alike. Um, as a joke, we could throw Scott Wedgwood in there, but I'm going to go serious. <laughs> um, first off, OEL will absolutely deserve to be up there yep. when he retires. Fight me. But so does another handle. And that is who I am going with. There you go. Man, and you guys are firing all cylinders today. Should absolutely be in the ring of honor when he retires. Definitely. He was an incredible offensive defenseman. Mm-hmm. He got a lot of fan hate because there's mistakes that I like to call quiet mistakes, and there's mistakes I like to call loud mistakes. And his mistakes were loud. So when he made a mistake, you noticed it. But he was absolutely incredible. Ever since he's been gone, we just our power play hasn't been the same. Our transition game hasn't been the same. He was incredible at getting pucks out of the zone, which in my mind is a defenseman's number one skill they should have. He was just an incredible defenseman. So, uh, but Tyler, what is yours? Yeah, those are those are all good. I like Keith Yandel a lot too. Um, man, Verado was mine. For once, I was like, wow, look at that. And with the Professor Granny, got the same one. That's rare. What a rare day it is indeed. Um, but man, if I had to go with one, uh, Scott Wedgwood. I mean, that's just funny. I think it'd be hilarious if we did that just because of that. I think it'd be great uh, for the publicity. But in all seriousness, um, I think Jeremy Rona could be a good one. I think uh, he was brought in to kind of sell the team uh, when they first arrived and all that good stuff. And JR is up there. Yeah, oh, he is? Yeah, oh, that's that right. Guy. He is. Man, I'm on crack. That's right. <laughs> Duh. I don't know what I'm thinking. Let me guess. Let me I, guess thinking, I, think I was thinking in the rafters, I guess. I was meaning like in the rafters, can, but yeah, that makes sense. Can Anywho, you some suggestions? Next, are you going to say Keith the Chuck? Uh, no, oh, actually, I, I know he's up there. What Keith about the Chuck? Uh, yeah. I was going to say Tepo Numina. Yeah. I was going to suggest like Sean Burke or Nikolai Happy Bullen to you. I mean, oh, those guys are pretty important guys. I mean, the first kind of real name goalies the Coyotes oh. had. I mean, Mike Smith could be up there, honestly. Uh, as a joke, Ilya Brzezgalov could be up there if we really wanted to. I like so. Ilya Brzezgalov, though. I, I like I him. do, He's too. One of my favorites of all time. So, I mean, him being up there would be good. But actually, I think – actually, Granny woke me up to this one. We had a, a podcast and some discussions a long time ago. I think Dave Tippett would be a good one, I think. 
Does that make sense? And when Granny said something, I was like, you know, that kind of makes sense. So I'm going to steal your old one from months ago. I like I like that one. I mean, it's better than Wayne Gretzky being up there. I mean, we saw his yeah. – no offense to Wayne Gretzky, but we saw his coaching record. I mean, I'd, I'd rather have Dave Tippett up there than Wayne Gretzky any day. Mm-hmm. Real quick, and I want to come back around to something because I completely forgot he's not up there, but Nikolai Havibulin absolutely should be up there, as should Sean Burke. Once again, Grandy, great minds think alike. We are we are inner firing at all cylinders over the phone right now. This, I mean, we we just have the same mindset. This is okay. actually a discussion me and my dad had once recently, and I should have brought this up because this would have been a perfect time to have it. But it's hard to argue. Um, because I asked him what his Coyotes Mount Rushmore is. He had the mm-hmm. three: Keith Kachuk, Jeremy Roenick, uh, Shane Doan. But then his fourth was Sean Burke. But not just for his work as a goalie, for his work as a goalie coach. You could argue that there's been nobody that's done more for the organization than him as both a goalie and a goalie's coach. Mm-hmm. Devin Dubnik. Years. That revitalizing his game to literally even was quoted saying he revitalized his game was thanks to Sean Burke. He got him back on track. Yep. Sean Burke should, I mean... And I should, like I said, I should have brought it up. When we were thinking about it, this should have been my pick because of that. But we'll call this an honorable mention because my dad said that he should be up there. So Sean Burke should absolutely be up there as well. Makes sense to me. I'd buy it. Rambled a lot at the end of this episode, but that was fun. That was fun. I just, man, I can't believe I made that mistake. I meant to think like in the Raptor for some reason. So, but it's fine. I'll just take the L on Twitter. It's fine. You guys, you guys know my app by now, so I'll take the L. It's okay. Everybody comment it. and tag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just go ahead. say I can't believe Next. we don't know who's in the, the ring of honor. Next right, time. I know. Next time one of you guys is at a game, please take a picture of Jeremy Roenick <laughs> up in the ring of honor. Yes, thank <laughs> and you tag much. Tyler on Twitter in it. <laughs> yeah, I've been in the arena so many cool. times, too, and I still, I don't know. That was a weird moment for me. Today's been a weird day for me, to be honest. I know, we even had our glue here with Chase. I know, that's weird. Maybe because he left too early. I mean, that's why we had collapse at the end. I'm not sure. I wouldn't call it the collapse. We went on some nice tangents there, even if it mm-hmm. didn't like goal for running time. We got close. Oh, yeah, a little over. That's all and right. You guys ready to close? What's that? Yeah. Oh, I'm, you're cutting a few things, so that will help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of stuff here and there to let the, uh, the editing. Fairies take care of that. Anything else, guys, where we close out this episode? Nope, I think we're good. Yeah, I think we're good. So thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate us five stars. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever you use. And we're always talking about ways that we're trying to grow the Chirping Yost podcast. If you guys have any ideas, don't be afraid to hit us up. I'm open to any and all suggestions. So, uh, but at the end of the day, like I said, thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Haynes. Thank you, Chase. Always love talking to hockey with you boys. And let's enjoy the rest of this season. With lots of alcohol. We're going to need it. <laughs> From all of us here, the Chirpin' Yotes, once again, thank you, veterans, for everything you've done. And... See you next time.